0: Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. You listen to the West Amway
3: Way
0: podcast with Dave and X.
3: Oi! Hello and welcome to the West Amway Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWH employee. It's another defeat for the Ammers, and the fans are starting to ask questions. We talk about the Palace defeat, the Gaffers' tactical decisions, some of his man management, a 16-year-old Oliver Scales, the importance of the next two games and some fun in Manchester before fingering some patrons, getting news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. everyone, I hope you're all keeping well. I wanted to start by thanking those that showed me some love last week. I don't really want to go into the details as to why I was off, but yeah, it was a really, really tough week in this fucking rat race that we call life. Uh, although I don't know what you told everyone, X, but some people were coming across like I had something terminal.
2: <laughs> Maybe they just looked at you and assumed that was probably the most likely outcome. I don't. I I just said to them that yeah, a few a few things come up, mate. That's all. I just I didn't know what to say, so I just said a few. You had a few things come up. So fucking people, hell! Some of the messages people, are
3: more like fucking eulogies.
2: <laughs> people have just assumed that for for their own <laughs> reasons, mate. I, my words were he's had a few things come up, so they've they've taken that to to be <laughs> the about to die, so that's, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what that says, but uh, that's,
3: yeah. Uh, yeah, that's their take on it. So. Yeah, yeah. But jokes aside, I, I do want to say a massive thank you to everyone that messaged me. I was genuinely touched, and I'm not even halfway through them. So if I haven't replied to you yet, don't take it personally. I will. I will get to those replies. But but thank you for that. And uh, the last thing I want to say before we move on is uh, is that I want to publicly thank you, X, because the night before we were due to go to Romania. Uh, I messaged you and said that I just don't think I can go. And I'll be honest, I was dreading telling you that because I know how much you love your travel and I know how much you were looking forward to Bucharest and the plans that we've made. But, um, you couldn't have made it any easier for me honestly and I knew you were gutted I knew you was but all you cared about was that I was okay and uh, I just wanted to say mate you really showed your true colours as a mate uh, to me last week so thank you for that and um, thanks to Mark Carlo as well for stepping in he's been brilliant for the West Ham way to be fair but but to you personally mate I really do appreciate your support as well last oh, week thank
2: you mate I wasn't obviously expecting you to say that so I'm a bit unprepared but uh, thank you I do do really appreciate it and you would have done the same thing for me mate so uh, Probably pretty... not
3: actually, about it. Um, <laughs> which makes me even more grateful because I wouldn't have done it for you.
2: <laughs> no, I know you would, I know, I know you would. You Martin, and <laughs> now you're you're playing down, on, playing down our friendship. But uh, you know, I, no, I, know, I, I know you would have, and that's what friends do. For each other, isn't it? At the end of the day, whilst I'm not going to deny you know me. I was disappointed, and I was you know, made even worse seeing the bloody tweets that everyone kept doing about the the most amazing time of their lives they were having out there. I obviously was uh, you yeah, oh, fuck, know fucking put me on a guilt trip now <laughs> no, no. i take it all back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I obviously was disappointed but at the end of the day you know the family and friends and those sorts of things are, are, are far more important than a, than a than a West Ham game and you needed that time and so it was the it was the right thing to do and I'd do I'd do the I'd do the same again um, probably wouldn't do it for many other people but uh, but, for, <laughs> but, but, but for you <laughs> for, for you, for, for you and a few select, select people that I will, so no problem. And thank you for saying,
3: yeah, no, absolutely, mate, no problem at all. um, right, let's cheer ourselves up by talking about West Ham, shall we? Um, <laughs> yeah.
2: fuck me, they're gonna find me hanging in the garage after this show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what the fuck
3: is going on, mate?
2: Um, so where do you start really? I mean, I think I think the, the, the main problem for me at the moment is the slow starts to games because they set a precedent, right? Because the team starts so slowly and immediately because they start so slowly, it creates a bit of edginess um, in the stands. You know, the fans, the fans get a bit edgy. You can tell there's a bit of frustration. The chance, the atmosphere doesn't really Kick on as much as you'd like it to. Like before the game, I felt it was quite a bit of a buzz around the stadium. You know, they had the the flags, the old um flags of old old yesteryear around the side. I felt it was the bubbles was quite passionate, and then you start the game, and geez, like they had about three or four chances in the first five minutes, and it kind of sets the tone, and then. And then you know we, we got a great goal a bit against the run of play but it was a great goal we should have kicked on from there but we didn't and at the moment there's just something not quite right with um, with the players and and the manager you know it's, it, ultimately it stems with him you know it has to be said he picks the team he motivates the players but again there's individual mistakes within that as well so collectively. In games like that, they've they've underperformed, and it's so frustrating because you know in Europe on the on that in that the game in Romania, a three deal win with all those academy players was a massive massive boost and a real real positive Mm. and something that we could have kicked on from. To and then we go and play like that against you know let's be honest, uh, Palace are a good team and I like their attacking talent that they've got I mean anyone with Zaha in their team is a good team and then they've got other players to compliment him so I knew we were going to have a tough game but we just gave them too too much of the ball they attack too well and there's too many players in the team unfortunately they're underperforming and the tactics and the substitutions don't huh. help those players so it's a, it's a combination of things and it's frustrating because we've sat on this podcast saying how many great players we have and I yeah. genuinely I genuinely think we do as you Individuals, but we've got to find the right system that enables them to play as these world-class players, because at the moment, a number of the big names are not performing.
3: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, mate. I mean, as per usual, we started slow and it is a real bugbear of mine. I don't know why we do it. And anyone looking at West Ham that are going to play against us, you've got to take advantage of that. And I think Palace did. And I think one thing that really impressed me about the way they played was the pressure and the intensity and the high press they put on our defenders when they had the ball, yeah. and uh, and I think they knew that we were going to start slow, and I think they tried to score very early on to to silence the um, the fans and and put us up against it, and uh, it's quite funny actually because we did start slow. And literally halfway through moaning about how fucking slow we always start, Benny scored. (laughs) So I I went went from like literally negativity to positivity in the space of like five seconds. It was quite funny. And what a goal it was, by the way, Mm, Um, some positivity to come from that game. But then I see Tilo coming for a bit of stick for their first goal. And I wanted to ask you about this. How did you see that? Because for me, For me, that's actually on Craig because I think it was the wrong pass to make for a start and then he smashed it into Kera. And yes, you like to think that at this level he would have a bit more quality on the ball, but Craig didn't help, I don't think. Um, And then, um, I don't know, I also think Craig could have defended that better as well when they did have possession. So how did you see that?
2: Yeah, I think I agree with you. I mean, I think exactly what you said there, I think carer could have done better with it you know he's a he's a german international that played for psg and is a, a high end professional footballer uh, so you would think he could control any sort of ball drilled at him however there's no need for the centre-back to pump the ball at the full-back in the way that Dawson did. And it was a really difficult ball to control. And um, and unfortunately, it proved to be that. And then, as you say, I think he Dawson has to take responsibility and he could have defended better. I actually don't think Dawson had a particularly great great game he made a couple of good blocks there was a couple of good blocks during that during the game where he he did do well so it wasn't an awful game but his distribution yesterday but i can say that for a few other players some of the some of the players were just playing just blind passes i remember cresswell at one point just turned around and just kicked it into the middle of the pitch and it went straight to their player yeah a number a number of times we did that and um and i think it's um it was just sloppiness and yeah that first goal it's a collective responsibility i think for that and sometimes particularly it's about game management as well you know that goal came towards the end of the first half if we'd got into if we'd got into half time 1-0 up it would have set a different tone in both dressing rooms at that stage Yes, we are going to try and hold on to the ball, but sometimes it's best just to get the ball away and get it up the other end of the pitch rather than knocking it around like that. And yeah, that's the benefit of hindsight, but we need to close out halves better as well, as was completely mm. shown by the second goal with Antonio again against Palace.
3: Yeah, I know. You couldn't make it up, because you? It's incredible. Right. Um, I think arguably, arguably, Ben Rama is our most creative player. I agree. Right? With this in mind, given the fact that he also scored our goal, why is Moisey taking him off? I mean, it's beggars I- belief isn't it?
2: I, to- I totally don't get it either, mate. And I, I was shocked when he came off. He is our most attacking outlet. there. He creates the most chances. He distributes the ball in terms of getting it up the other end better than anyone else because he runs such a distance with it. It's like, sorry to allude to NFL, because I know you don't like it. It's like, <laughs> it's, not, it's like having a running back. You give the ball to a good running back like the Giants have got in Saquon Barkley, you give the ball to him, and he just runs it up the other end of the pitch, and he gets you those yards. And that's what Ben Rama does in a footballing term and then he creates chances as well and and again again Moyes has come off uh, you know in the post-match interview and you know people have said to him why did you take him off and he said yeah he scored a good goal but I don't think he did much else other than that now, now, he, he, listen, mate
3: he seems to have a fucking problem with Ben Rama on mate, a personal it's, level I, it's almost like virgin bullying now
2: I, I agree I mean the worst one was a a couple of weeks ago when he picked him out for his English I mean when he wasn't even (laughs) talking about him and then this week this week you know he played well. Ben Rama was our best player. I mean, it's shown in the patron poll. He's like seventy percent man of the match or something. He was the yeah. he was the best player, and I don't understand why Moyes has this issue with him. And the thing is, as well, you're playing against Palace, who have similar players. You know, they have players like Eze and Elise, yeah. Elisha, yeah. Zaha, who run and dribble with the ball. So you need to have someone that can do it for you. And I I think this season, if you're looking for hammer of the year it's going to be an interesting vote that if he was to do it now i think mean, he's one of the contenders for hammer of the year so the fact that he keeps getting pulled off and made the scapegoat by Moyes is one of the factors i know i'm not Moyes out yet but one of the factors that i'm beginning to have my doubts about Moyes because i just do not understand this victimization of what is one of our better players
3: it's absolutely bizarre And it is absolutely bizarre. And I also want to talk to you about um, Skamaka. He was taken off at half-time. That's a bold call, actually. Mm. What did you make of that decision?
2: Um, That's quite embarrassing
3: for him, I think, as a player, to be whipped off at half-time like that.
2: Yeah, I didn't agree with it. Um I didn't think he was playing well, in fairness. So I mm. can understand the logic and he maybe thought Antonio against this defense would have more impact, but never does he bring off someone at half time, usually. Never like unless it's an injury, does he bring someone off at half time? So to take off your like your star Strike at halftime. You're basically saying to him, "Listen, mate, you played shit today, aren't you?" And that, and that's again when you talk about confidence. That's not going to do, a, a, you know, a foreign forward trying to settle into the nah. country. A load of good is it being ripped off at half time, and he knows that people in the press will see that. You know, people in Italy will look in the look at the, the team and see that's what happened to him. It's not going to be good. He's co- he hasn't scored for a while now, so his confidence is probably a bit wavering. As it is, he's in a foreign country where. Trying to settle, I would have given him at least a 65, at least a 65. And then, and then uh, what I would have tried to do is put more players around him because the problem he mm. was having was that he was getting the ball, trying to hold it up, and he had no outlet, he had no, no one to pass to because Piqueta, who I've still not yet to be overly impressed with, if I'm totally honest with you. I'm I'm not going to write him off just yet, because that's obviously way too soon. And I know he's coming back from injury and stuff, but there's no outlet from Pequeta. Bowen was completely off form as well, so there was no outlet from him. And and, you know, so I would have tried to maybe bring Antonio on, maybe bring Antonio on for Pequeta or for Bowen and have Antonio as another outlet for him to be able to look to, and if it didn't work, then you could have take him off on 65 minutes, maybe. But, you know, when you're, when you're trying to, you know, he was taken off at half time and it was one all, you know, against Crystal Palace, we should be looking to beat these teams. Taking mm. off your best forward or, you know, your most expensive forward or whatever you want to call him, you know, is not a sign of a team that's going out with the right attitude against teams they should be beating.
3: Yeah. And if you're looking to change things up, put Antonio up there with him. Yeah, don't, exactly. don't 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 exactly. do a like for like swap. I mean, I, again, I, tactically there there are consistently question marks over Moisey, and um, we'll we'll come to him shortly. But when you look at the signings we made, right? In my opinion, Telo and Flynn are the only outstanding performers, and I say outstanding performers. That's probably possibly a bit over generous, but Flynn, I think, when he's been given the opportunity, he's coming and done really well. Telo, whilst there are uh, a few question marks over elements of his play. I think he's quality. I love him. See i see think- that
2: statistic? A lot of the fans have turned against him because I saw a statistic that since he's been at West Ham, he's been at fault for five goals. Has uh, he really uh, been at fault for five apparently, goals? Apparently, I mean, I don't think I, I... I mean, again, what's the definition of at fault? You know, yeah. if he gave the ball away four passes ago, is that at fault? I don't know. But I've yeah. seen that yeah. on stat on a, a site. But the fans have turned on him a bit, which I was surprised at because I agree with you. I think he's been a good signing.
3: Mate, it, it, it depends how you look at it, you know, and, and and I'll be interested to get someone like um Dan Woffenden's take, someone that can really analyse a player, because for example, you know, if you look at Emil Heskey's goal scoring record, it wasn't brilliant, but what he brought to the game was something that people would say you couldn't put a price on. Like to have him up front, and the support that he gave players around him, and and the the, the goals that he contributed to, um, were absolutely priceless. So it depends how you look at someone's game. Tilo's general play, in my opinion, is is brilliant. And if he has been at fault for those goals, then I, I didn't realise that. But I, I think we've we've got to look beyond that a little bit. Um, but anyway, I talk about Telo and Flynn. For me, they, they've been. Possibly the best performers of the signings. I mean, Ariola only plays in Europe, which I don't agree with. I think he should be our number one, personally, but he only plays in Europe. Um, despite Downs playing well, he chooses an underperforming Suchik week after week for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, in my opinion, Paqueta hasn't turned up yet. I Literally, I'm waiting to see what all the fuss is about, if I'm brutally honest. Um, I don't think Cornet is the first name on the team sheet. Uh, granted, he's been unlucky with Aguerd so far. Scams, he's only scored two league goals this season. And Emerson is probably what you'd call an average signing. I mean, I don't want to, you know, sell out and am like going on a rant now. But despite what I believe was an outstanding window, is Moisey getting the best out of this group? Because I look at my lifetime, X, this squad on paper has got to be right up there. And when you look at talent and world-class players that we've got, they've got to be right up there, this group. Why is he struggling to get a tune out of him?
2: Well this this is exactly the question, isn't it? Because if you look at the spine, and let's just put Ariolia in there for argument's sake, if you look at the spine you've got a French international goalkeeper, a French international centre back, a Gouard, let's say his fit, um he's um you know, meant to be one of the best defenders in, in the French league and a, a top talent, another international, or you can have a Bono who's an Italian international, you've got Kerr German international at right back, then you go to central midfield and you've got, you know, England one of England's first names on the team sheet and a, a player that could walk into most sides. You've got Gerald Bowen who's been in the England squad and an Italian international out front, a Brazilian international in midfield. I mean, looking around, like you say, the squad is, yeah, is blessed with players that we've, you know, we've never had, like this range of like international um, players and, and talents that we've had. And, you know, we've said on the podcast in previous weeks, to so I alluded to earlier, that, w- that we believe we've got a world-class players. So therefore, the problem does lie. You've got to. You've got to start questioning. Yes, questioning them, and maybe, maybe they didn't have the right attitude to come to this country. But I think that's harsh. I think that's very harsh and very early. You've got to start questioning the merger And you know, people. I saw someone made a good point on Twitter the other day, um, which um, I, I, I I made me think as well. And you know, I was I was one of Hilaire's biggest critics. But if you throw in Anderson Hilaire and then and then the sort of cut and it as well and then the current group of players that we've got there's a lot of flair players there that have not ever been able to really adjust to our system and our club and then obviously <coughs> sorry when he goes to um Holland, he bangs them in and earns a move to British Dortmund. When mm. Vlasic goes to Italy, Torino, they want to sign him again. When um, Anderson goes to Italy with uh, Lazio, they're saying how good he is. Yes, they're different leagues, and that's always the argument. That the Premier League is different to the to these leagues. But you do have to question, and Everton fans used to say it about Moyes as well, that he struggles to build, like to, to deal with... Flair players, and he struggles with money. You know when he went to Manchester United, he got given a decent kitty, and he end up, you know, leaving it right to the end where he signed Fellaini, who was his like hmm. go-to person from from Everton. And um, you know, you do have to question this a little bit. Now, look, I'm I'm not completely Moyes out. I did a Why not? Why not? Why because, are you not Moyes out? Because I, mean, I don't know if you saw the poll yesterday, but I put a poll on Patreon, and it was about twenty five percent Moyes in about. Like I know, thirty percent undecided, and then about fifty percent Moyes out. Um. Now I am. I'm maybe. I'm maybe in the sort of Moyes in stroke undecided because I'm certainly shifting towards undecided. The reasons are for me to not be completely him out at the moment, and it's. And I say at the moment, this is a short term moment because I'm beginning to get my doubts now. Is that if we beat Blackburn and we beat Leicester? you know it's not exactly where we want to be but we're not far off it having smashed the European campaign which yes Declan Rice made a good point we should have topped that group anyway given the standard teams in it but it's not easy it's not that's easier said than done we're not far away if we beat those two teams um and also you know, of what he's done in the past. You know, he's, he's, I know you can't live off someone's past success, but you have to live off it a little bit. You know, otherwise, there's no um, loyalty in football. He has done a good job for us, no matter what people say. He has done a good job for us. Yes, we haven't been great in the last, say, I don't know, six months maybe since, since Leon, really. We haven't been great uh, and we haven't been great in the league either, but he's still turned a team that was struggling with relegation ever since we moved to that ground So a team that's got into Europe um, consistently and got to a European semi-final, which none of us in our generation has experienced you know, the last time was 1976, you know way before you and I were even born so he's got that in, in his locker and also there's no manager at the moment that jumps out to me as the obvious replacement, now you can say Pochettino, you can say Toon Shell, you can throw big names at it, but realistically are they the right person for a club like West Ham? Because you know they've only I know Pochettino managed um, Southampton but he might feel his stock's higher than us now Um, are they the right people for the club? Is it guaranteed they're going to do well? Look at Pellegrini, you know he paid big money to get a proven Premier League winner that never finished below sixth in his career or something and he proved to be the wrong man so I'm just not convinced the right man is out there to replace Moyes yet and I think it is a little bit Early. So I would at least, at least give in Blackburn and Leicester, and then see where we are there, and probably two or three games after the World Cup, you know, and then look in January if things are still as they are um, with the transfer window opening as well. Um, I would maybe look then to make a change if we've if we've struggled against Blackburn, Leicester, we've got Arsenal, Brentford, and um someone else can't remember the other one at the end of the season if we struggle against those teams then, then maybe is the time but at the moment I think he's got just enough credit in the bank to at least stay till then yeah
3: I'm really torn on him you know um, because I, I, I honestly feel like I owe him a, a debt of gratitude in terms of the seasons that he's given me my memories as a fan uh, the European campaigns and what we've achieved domestically and when he came into West Ham I mean, no one gave him a hope. I was the worst one, really. So uh, you know, I, I don't wanna kick him when he's down. Um and you know, on this podcast, we we've 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 literally spoken about comparing him to Johnny Lyle when when the good times were here. Yeah. And uh so so in that respect, I feel like he needs the season. I feel like yeah. Me personally is a fan. I I owe him the season. I would want him to have at least the season to to get this right. But then, if I'm honest to myself and I take the emotions away from it, I'm seriously concerned about his man management.
2: Yeah,
3: that's my um, big concern now. Yeah. The way he he fucking as a pop up Ben Rama. The way he sort of treated Flynn Downs, really, I think, yeah. to a point, like yeah, he, right. he basically said he wasn't good enough or he even kicked a ball for West Ham, which yeah. I, I find strange. We started
2: um, with the fans, the fans yesterday. Did you see that? Ben? No,
3: I didn't see it. Well, well what happened?
2: It, it, in, in the whole Ben Rama bit, like I said, the question was, why did you take Ben Rama off? And he said, yeah, he scored a brilliant goal, but after that, I didn't think he did anything. And then I think I didn't actually see the exact words, but I think the question was something like, because many of the fans booed that decision. And he said, yeah, it's amazing how many experts, uh, no, how, it's amazing how many so called experts sit in the stands nowadays.
3: Oh, did he?
2: Yeah, and this is this for me was a bit where Allardyce, when the downfall of yeah. Aladice started yeah. to happen, you know, because there was always question marks over Allardyce and his football and you know whether he was the right man for West Ham, but he generally got the results for us. He got us promoted, he stabilised the club, so we weren't in a relegation zone and we were looking to just be a, a steady Premier League team, which at the time was the right move. But when it started to go wrong for Allardyce, so he started cupping his ear against the fans, yeah to the fans, and then saying at the West Ham way was a was a myth and things like that um, and now Moyes is starting to attack the fans a little bit and this is what the route that Allardyce went down and I think he's going down dangerous grounds for him if he's to start continuing with that.
3: Yeah, well look, football is a results-based business, of course it is, but there's nothing more powerful than losing your relationship with the fans. If you lose the relationship with the fans, then I think the writing's on the wall. So Moyes has got to be very careful when he says shit like that. Very careful. Um, but the man management in general is 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 a concern. I mean, even whipping scamaker off at half-time, I mean, that would have caused him some embarrassment. And, uh, you know, I, I know you can say, well, you know, we often complain that he leaves it too late to make changes and some people might have agreed with what he did. But at the same time, Skimmick is a new signing. He's trying to adjust. He's trying to play in a new league. And I don't know how he would have felt about that. So the bigger picture of how he's setting in at West Ham, I'm concerned that that, that wasn't the best thing to do. Like you said, you know, if he wasn't having the best of times, give him to the 60th minute, 65th minute. But to take someone off at half time and not allow them to run out in the second half, that is embarrassing. I'd be embarrassed about that. Yeah. Um, tactically, I think there's question marks over him. Um, consistently, actually, to be fair. Um, and I don't know. You know what? We talk about how memorable the European campaigns have been. And obviously, as a fan, we've had some great times. But actually, and I, I don't want to get stick for saying this, because it, it does feel like I'm kicking the out when he's down. I don't want to, because I do like Moisey. I really do. But actually, when you look at it, could you potentially argue that we underachieved in the Europa League? Because we've done incredibly well to, to get to where we got to. But when the teams that you're left with are Frankfurt and then what would have been Rangers, should we actually have been winning that competition? So was that a failure? Yeah. It's, it's bizarre to say, because if you'd have said at the beginning of the season, you're going to get to the semi-final of the Europa League, you'd be like, fucking, that is incredible. Like we've yeah. We've literally overachieved to do that. But actually, in reality, yes, a big pat on the back, David Moyes. You've got us to the semi-final. Fantastic. But actually, to flunk the way we did against Frankfurt, who I think were outside the top 10 in the German league at the time Mm -hmm. and miss an opportunity to play Rangers in the final in a game that I think we would have won or should have won, is it actually an underachievement? In what was an overachieving European campaign. It's fucking bizarre, isn't it? I don't know what you think about that, but I'm not just trying to throw darts at David Moyes now, but in a wider conversation of, is he the right man for West Ham? Emotionally, I feel like we owe it to him to be the manager, but actually, I think there are strong arguments that he shouldn't be.
2: Yeah, I, I think you made some very good points there, mate. I think that, that you know, that everything you said there is definitely a credible argument. I think I think the thing for me is that, like I like I said, I I just think he deserves a little bit more time. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're not sitting in the renegation zone. I know we're close. I know Southampton have just sat their manager, and they are obviously only two points below us. So I do realise that we're borderline... In, in a lot of trouble, but at this point we're not quite there. If we beat Leicester, which is going to be a very very tough game, you know I kind of wish we played Leicester, you know a month or so ago when yeah. things weren't going their way. But obviously they sit on the same points with us at the moment. We're just one goal separating our records, same amount of wins, draws and, and losses. But if we if we win that game, you know we go 17 points. Obviously there's going to be a few other teams that pick up points and stuff, so it's not guaranteed you're gonna you're gonna finish there. But if we finish if we put 17th will be 11th let's say three of those teams we got points you know it we, will be about 13th 12th which you know isn't ideal but when you're looking at being in sixth place we'd have we know 17 points we'd be about maybe a maximum of six or seven points behind sixth place with a completely exemplary um european record where we don't have to play until um, march now because of that you know blackburn as well be nice to get us in, in ourselves in into the fifth round of the cup. I am I'm not sitting here defending Moyes because I think you've raised good points. I think I really do question his man management skills. And this is, I've questioned this before the run, you know. I've questioned, like you said, Ben Rama downs. You know, I've heard that academy players, he don't often know where they stand with him. <coughs> I've heard that other players, you know, feel like he doesn't talk to them, that he's quite negative, that he's one of those managers that, rather than put their arm around you and say you know you're a great player you could do this like harry Redknapp was famous for he um he criticizes players and he does it publicly which you know isn't the greatest strategy so i do question his management i've questioned his substitutions for quite a while now um so i there are some serious doubts but at the moment, without a manager jumping out to me, you know, you look at the candidates out there, you, like you said, Pochettino, Tunchell. You know, Tunchell's apparently eyeing the England job, you know, whether after the World Cup, whether that will happen or not. But he's going to, he's going to be weird having a German as the, mm, as the England coach. I how I feel about that. No, but he's only got to wait till Christmas to, to find that out now, hasn't he? Um, and then you've got, who else is out there? I mean, obviously there's some foreign managers in the one, one that really stands out to me is someone to keep an eye on um that i think is gonna have a great career in management and already has been celtics manager um he's done a really- martin allen then as a celtics manager and i forget his name He's an australian and he's done a great job since taking over at celtic now i know the scottish league's not the best judge of how good a manager is as proven with Stephen gerrard but i think he apparently had ticks all the right boxes in terms of how he manages players how he gets the best out of them etc etc so he's one to keep an eye on There's scott parker but then you know effectively he's been sacked at fulham and um bournemouth so is he good enough I know that the board likes Steve Copper, uh, 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 Steve Cooper. Sorry, Steve Cooper at Nottingham Forest. Um, is he good enough? He, he's struggling this season. They like Sean Dyche. Do we want Sean Dyche to be West oh, Ham's Jesus manager? Christ. Exactly. This is what I mean. So I'll you well get Alan back if you can do well, that. This is what this is what I mean. So you're looking at the options. Yeah, there might be someone like a Potter, um, a Graham Potter out there that's undiscovered. Um, that we don't perhaps have the knowledge to know about, but at the moment, I would, I would say, and I know people are sitting there going, "No, oh, he's had so long now." There'll be people screaming at us, um, but I think he needs at least, at least, I'd say, five games. He needs the Leicester game, the Blackburn game, then they go away for the World Cup, and then they come back. And then he has, was it? Let me, let me look. Now it's Arsenal, which will probably lose anyway because they, they seem to have been like amazing this season which is um which was a surprise so the arsenal game was pretty much a write-off in that respect because you're expected to lose but then you've got after that you've got Brentford and then you've got Leeds and then it's 10 days before we play Wolves I would give him up to that Leeds game I was probably an FA Cup game in there maybe but I would give him that at least those Leeds games because effectively we should beat Leicester let's just say we do lose to Arsenal although that isn't the right attitude but because I'm being hypocritical of what I say about Moyes now but let's say we lose that let's say we beat Brentford and we beat Leeds which is not easy by any any stretch of the imagination don't get me wrong but then that adds nine po- points out of 12 to your total and then things suddenly look a lot more different if we lose those games then we're going to be right in the relegation battle and then then is the time you change your manager but i've got i've got more on this anyway in my section about how the board feel about the manager because i've spent um yesterday evening and this morning getting information on on where they stand with the manager so i won't say it in this section but in that section i will and then that will give you a sort of insight as to where the club plan to go with this
0: There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Interesting. Yeah, good stuff. Um, The one thing that is doing my head in, actually, is players that apparently can't fit into our system at West Ham. I mean, what is our system? Why has it got to be so different to every other club? And if these players genuinely can't fit into this imaginary system, why sign them? So you know, and 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 I look at this season so far, and yes, it's fantastic that we've spent all this money and we've got this squad of players that consists of world class footballers. But the bottom line is, if you're not at the very least inside the top ten, you are underachieving. You are categorically you're underachieving. Yes, we've been flawless in Europe, but so we fucking should be because all the teams are too bob. Um, I don't know how we're going to get on in the Cups, obviously. Um, but you look at the Premier League, and it, it's a difficult one because a couple of wins, and we probably could be in the the, the top 10. But I just think there's, there are real concerns at the moment, I think, at West Ham. And and what worries me is that we it's taken so long to build what we've got now in terms of the players that we've got. Are we running the risk of pissing these people off? because they're not enjoying their football, they're not winning games, they're not being managed in the right way in terms of man management by David Moyes. How long do you give that, you know, before you actually prioritise the players over the manager? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Before you know it, that, that trips over to the training ground, trips over to the dressing room. You've got people that are talking to each other about potentially wanting to get away from West Ham. And it, it, it can it can very easily manifest itself, that negativity. And I, I, I just I just worry, because on the one hand, like I say, I think he should be given time. I think we owe him that. But I also wonder how damaging that time would be if we do give it to him. Um, I mean, in your opinion, how important is it that we get two wins from Blackburn and Leicester before the World Cup? Because that is quite a substantial amount of time in football to not be playing games on the back of two defeats.
2: It's very important, I think, because if you lose those games, or even if you win Blackburn and lose Leicester, if you go into that gap there, like you say of what well, over a over a month, if you go into that gap, then you're gonna start to have, then those it's just a negative atmosphere the whole time, and the fans are gonna be negative, and, and so on. That Leicester game is really important. If we win that particularly as Leicester have hit a bit of form now if we win that then we go in with a victory and there's a bit of momentum and you can argue that Moyes won his last game etc it papers over the crack so to speak which yeah. isn't, isn't ideal but it certainly makes the situation a lot more um, appeasable if, if we lose in the manner that we lost to Crystal Palace against Leicester then there's going to be a lot of critics a lot of people even more so than there has been this week and I I think it's so important that Moyes gets that game. I mean, I'm going to throw a slight curveball out there um, to you now. If I was to tell you that West Ham were to finish 17th, right? So we, we avoid relegation, but only just, but we win the Conference League. Where, where does that fit in your, ter- in your season expectations and your, and your happiness?
3: I would be absolutely over the moon that we've won a European competition and I've seen the first trophy in my lifetime but I would seriously think about replacing Moyes if that's the case. Seriously, seriously think about replacing him because the Conference League is not the Champions League. I think think it's very winnable, even now. I mean, I know we've had a moody group and I know you're going to have some dropouts coming in with some half-decent names. I think think West Ham should be seriously considered to win that tournament. We nearly won the Europa League, which is a better competition. So I think actually... When you look at how far we've come as a football club, and again, you look at the players that we've got, I think there's also a degree of expectation that we come close to winning it, if not actually winning it. So if we do win it, I don't think we're going to be bowled over and say, I cannot believe that David Moyes has won this competition for West Ham because West Ham of 2022 should be looking at winning competitions like that. What we shouldn't be looking at is finishing fucking 17th in the league with these players that we've got and the money that we've spent. So I, I I would seriously think about replacing him if we was to finish as low as that in the Premier League. Hundred percent, that would be totally unacceptable. Mm-hmm. What, what about you?
2: Yeah, I think I, I think I'd be disappointed, very disappointed, and there would be serious question marks over the manager in the league. But for me, because we just haven't won anything for, for so long, and that would put us into the Europa League. I it would get it would definitely buy him the next start of next season for me if that was the outcome of it um you know i think i think that um I think we've got to try and start winning things soon you know and i'd rather we won something and finished 12th or something no i'd mm. rather that and it's a difficult one because it's massively below the expectations of what west ham should be achieving but um it's it's definitely um it would soften the blow definitely and I, I was just thinking back to that antonio moment as well it just came into my head then whilst we were talking i'm thinking like it's things like that as well. Such fine margins of our, at the moment that we really, if we can, and I know we keep making this excuse, I know we do, but if he'd just cut the ball back, there was like Flynn Downs was there, I'm sure Furnales was someone somewhere in the mix as well. And without looking back at it, if he just made the right decision there, we probably would have won that game 2-1. Um, as opposed to losing it 2-1, because obviously they went right down the other end and scored a deflected goal, and it's very fine margins at the moment, um, and that's why I almost feel feel that he deserves that little bit longer to see if it is if it is just like he's just not the right man or whether we just need things to go slightly a different way and we'll start to pick up again, and that's why I'm saying Leeds, Leeds is the final game and judge it upon how we're doing there.
3: Well, you talk about fine margins there, and you're right. Okay, so to to throw a counter-argument to this discussion, when you look at the points we've lost this season, you can argue that we've deserved more. And if we had got those points that we would have deserved to have got, our season would be looking very different, and this is a very different type of conversation. So for that reason, are we actually being harsh on West Ham and David Moyes, or is it just simply not good enough and it's all about the result?
2: I think think harsh is is not the right word because i think i think he deserves criticism like i said man management skills are not dependent on on the result they're dependent on how you handle people um substitutions again they are result dependent and obviously if if antonio had scored got that penalty um and then or either created that chance at the end you could have argued that taking scawicker off at half time was the right decision and that's why football's a very fickle business in that respect but i think he deserves the criticism and the scrutiny that he's under i think calling for him to be sacked right now and I understand why people are doing it because there's a catalogue of evidence and this has been going on for a period of time now but as I say without the without the standout candidate for me I think he's done enough to deserve at least those games to then see where we are and then and then take it from there at the end of the day as long as as long as West Ham don't go down this season then then it's not it's a very, very disappointing season, but it's not disastrous. And I don't think Moyes will take us down. And then at the, I'm not saying keep him to the end of the season, but I'm saying that's why three or four games is, is an acceptable amount to make a what would be hugely significant managerial decision as to whether to keep him or not.
3: Mm, mm. Well, on a positive note, a good performance in Romania, on Thursday, that um, also saw a man of the match performance from a 16 year old, yes, 16 year old Oliver Skulls. I mean, that in itself is exciting, isn't it?
2: Yeah, well, without me to blow my own trumpet, he is the one I de- identified on the podcast as the one to look out for. Um, yeah, ma- yeah, main Mainly because I've got good sources in the academy. Like, you know, it's no, it's no um, we're not hiding the fact that we, we're good mates with Kenny Brown. He's the ex-player, that has been on the podcast more than anyone four times. Kevin Keane's done a podcast and been at an event. Steve Potts has done um, an event for us. Mark Phillips has done a number of uh, podcasts for us. He's a good friend of ours. So you know Jack Collinson. We've known Jimmy Walker, obviously. So we we know people in the academy that are very well placed to comment. And they told me they the same as they did with Declan Rice. They told me Oliver is the one to look out for. He's the one with the sort of the that's standing out at the moment. And he proved that he came in and he showed what he played with no fear, which was the beauty of that game. That there was nothing really resting on it and their fans were nothing really and it was a half empty stadium so he played with no fear he, he crossed the ball exactly how i've been going on about for so long now about our problems at first team level he whipped the ball in with pace um, and, mm. and quickly so it doesn't give the de- defender the chance to set himself properly or read the situation and it requires just a touch you know as as divine nearly scored from one of his crosses, as and a number of other chances were created by his crossing. I thought he did brilliantly. He's another classic case of a player that has, um, that has, you know, got a good family, a, a strong family around him, um, a family that um, support him and make the right decision. He's a grounded lad. You know, I think you can see that from from his um, interview afterwards where I thought he came across really well. And incidentally, he's another player that we picked up from Chelsea. Um, So Mm -hmm. he, you know, he's someone like Declan that we got from Chelsea. And um, yeah, it's it's exciting to think that we've got these players, but also how well the other ones that came in. Yes, yeah. Obama played well, um, as did the subs. You know, and, and that mm. happened, that happened against Hadjik Split, or whatever their names were, last season in the Europa League, you know, we proven we've got good academy players. So, yeah, it was a positive and I was really, really pleased for him, really pleased and I hope, you know, at 16, you know, even if we don't see him for another five years, he's still young. So he's got a lot. He's a child, mate. My daughter
3: was thirteen tomorrow, and yeah. she's a child. He's three years older than her. Hello,
2: it's unbelievable, isn't it? So you yeah, know, he um, he's got a lot of time to develop into a, into a brilliant player for us.
3: Yeah, it's really exciting. Really exciting. Yeah. Well, with me being away last week, we didn't get the chance to reflect on our trip to Manchester. <laughs> and, um, and and listen, forget the game because that's been and gone. Um, but the trip itself was funny, wasn't it? I mean, it never fails to disappoint Manchester. It's such a fucking batshit mad place, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's a crazy place, mate. Like, whenever we go to Manchester, which since the years we've known each other, we've known each other, what, about six, seven years now, I reckon we've been to Manchester, what, probably the same amount, six or seven times, and each time that we've gone, it's been amazing just because of the... The, the craziness like you say of the place and the, the escapades that, that we get up to whilst we're there. <laughs> so yeah it's a great but I love Manchester and you know we picked or well, I picked a really good hotel to, to stay in you know <laughs> right right next to the stadium yeah amazing in. and it was yeah it was just a, it was just a great day result aside which obviously we should have got something from but we've yeah. talked about that with Mark but yeah, yeah. You had a great weekend
3: it really was mate and uh you know, Manchester is um, is famous for this one street in particular. And uh, most people probably know it, have, have, have heard of it. But for those that haven't, it's almost like the uh, the gay capital of Manchester. And it's probably world famous, to be honest. It's called Canal Street. And um, me and X went for something to eat on the night that we got there um and afterwards we thought we'd walk it off because as per usual we ordered too much food so we thought we could do the stroll just to burn a few of the calories off and uh and i said why don't we go to canal street just have a little uh, have a little look around because it's it's a, a right vibrant place like you know and uh and it
2: uh, was um, halloween, well, <laughs> it was halloween. Sports,
3: fucking uh... hell and it was <laughs> halloween exactly right <laughs> So, um, X said, yeah, 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 let's do it. So, we walked there, and, um, mate, it's got to be one of the best places on the planet to people watch. And I'm sure you're the same, X. I love people watching. Yeah. People in general fascinate me, but yeah. it, it, you take it to another level when you go to Canal Street <laughs> on Halloween <laughs> and people watch. So, me yeah. and X have rocked up. Um, um, we, stood, <laughs> we stood at the end of this street, right? And we're, we're looking like a couple of Jeffrey Dahmers just staring at people as they walk past. <laughs> um, but we we found ourselves, um, and I I don't want to offend anyone when I say this because in this fucking day and age you can't say nothing, can you? But um, we we found ourselves playing the game. Is it a geezer, right? <laughs> <laughs> because and I, and I will say this right. This is a hard game to play it's on Canal very Street. Hard, now, very hard. Now, bearing in mind, bearing in mind, everyone's um, dolled up like it's Halloween. You've gone, you you get ridiculous outfits to incredible, and and uh, and, and and let's be honest, it's quite a, a slutty theme going on as well, right? But there were some absolute rockets, and I, I don't mind saying this, right? <laughs> absolute rockets walking past, and, and I'm talking world beaters, right? And then all of a sudden, you'd hear one of them say, these fucking shoes are killing my feet, Brian. (laughs) Yeah, that's a geezer. geezer." (laughs) And we're like, I can't believe that. I mean, geezer's bigger than me in like a little frock and some high heels. Um, And then some of them were just absolutely unbelievable. And it was just a fascinating way to kill a couple of hours, ex, wasn't it? Yeah,
2: it was. It was definitely very interesting. And then, um, ironically, do you remember when we met? Like, obviously, everyone's a bit pissed up as we were. And we met this. um, This. What was definitely a bloke, um, and turned up, and he he, was, <laughs> he he was the most misplaced person ever because he turned up with a horrendous political agenda <laughs> against, against the very people that he that were we were surrounded by, and so so it was one of those oh real my. awkward moments where he he's like smashed out of his face and mouthing <laughs> off like the most um unpolitically correct comments ever, and we're yeah. trying to like distance. I'll tell like, oh, Yeah, off you go, mate. Yeah, off you go, mate. And here, because we're like even acknowledging the fact that he existed, um, he thinks we're his mate, and he's standing. We're yes. think, Oh my goodness, this is not not the sort of thing <laughs> you should be shouting on the corner of um, of Canal Street. So- <laughs> so, it's
3: unbelievable, yeah. when it? I mean, funny yeah. enough, from memory, and I-, I could have this wrong. From memory, he actually looked like the fella that I'd done the wind up on. Did. Yeah, but I-, I swear very similar. He- could have been, been the same person to, couldn't they it could have um, been
2: made, although apparently the guy you did the wound up on I don't know if you've because you've been on social media but I don't know if you've seen but he um, was apparently <laughs> seen by West Ham fans being bundled into a police van at the end of the game <laughs> 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 you're joking yeah. no so I think, um, oh I mean, fucking uh, that um, is uh, so He said the worst uh, day ever and he's <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah exactly when he, um, when he wakes up in the morning with a horrific <laughs> hangover and he sees what's <laughs> happened. do uh, you know what's worse? day as well, and I don't think you know this because, as per usual, there was a couple of people that threw in a few critical comments about it, oh, classy, picking on an old fellow, whatever. Oh, the the guy, fun place of a riot. yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, the guy was 53. I, and I know that because I asked him. Like I actually, so so people say that we picked on that old fella. The guy's only slightly more than 10 years older than me. So, you know, it wasn't as if we picked on someone, He And he was walking around singing like anti-West Ham chants and stuff when we spoke to him. So there's a much yeah. bigger a much bigger picture to, to just that interview. And, and just before that, we'd been standing where the players came in and we saw um, Anthony. And we saw Wayne Rooney, yeah, and we, yeah. We uh, did, we, we, did. Tried to, we tried to get you to do a quick interview with Wayne Rooney, and um, I think as <laughs> you <I should laughs> yeah, didn't have any preparation for nah. it. And stuff. You were going to resort to singing a song which, as singing, um, um. Considering Colleen Rooney turned up straight after, I'm pretty glad he didn't do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true,
3: actually. Yeah, I think fate looked after us a little bit there yeah, and, exactly. and made the right yeah. decision. But um, yeah. it's funny, you know, going back to Canal Street, that, that fella that turned up, and he was, he was pissed out of his head. And you're so right. Like, if ever there was one misplaced person on the planet, it was him on Canal Street. What he was doing there, I don't know, right? He he, he took it upon himself to go to Canal Street. Now, if something winds you up, if you've got a problem with gay people and you're homophobic, why fucking go to Canal Street? Like, that's the first and most obvious question. But it's so funny because he's come up to us. I, I think he's picked up on the fact that me and you were not gay.
2: Uh, and yeah. um, he's come well, up well, to us no, I was drinking a rather cab drink wasn't like the time so he <laughs> was actually yeah It was so, what so, was uh, it C- was, cranberry was a, and vodka wasn't it yeah, it wasn't was peach snaps before people were saying yeah. yeah it was a, it was <laughs> like, like, like a cranberry and vodka
3: canned drink yeah something like that yeah, yeah it was yeah true actually so we, we, we very possibly could have been gay but <laughs> yeah, I, I'm yeah. assuming that he didn't think that we were and yeah. uh, he's come up to us and he's he swaying all over the place he's gone see this street lads full of gays. (laughs) I said to him, is it mate? I hadn't noticed, like making a joke, because it is fucking like swarming with the gay community. And I I just, it made me laugh because I thought it's like walking into a library and saying this place is full of books. You (laughs) know what I mean?
2: It's just the strangest (laughs) comment. And then being really annoyed by the fact it was full of books. Yeah. (laughs) 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 That was the
3: strangest thing. And then he proceeded to um, start shouting or chanting uh, homophobic abuse in the street, and I said to you, "Ex, I didn't." Know, I said he's going to get his head kicked in in a minute. So yeah. we did what any normal human being would do in that scenario, and we uh, we stood there waiting for it to happen so we could see it. <laughs>
2: and uh, <laughs>
3: and uh, and luckily for him, he, he somehow managed to get away from it. But it was, it was just, it was just a funny. It always is Manchester. There's something about that place. It was, it was really, really funny. Um, and I, 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 yeah, I mean,
2: mean, mean mean, to be fair to. To that community, I mean, they do—they really do know how to celebrate a night, don't they? I mean, honestly, that's a—that's a good thing about going to these places. You can't help but sort of enjoy the the vibe, obviously from a distance, because it is so like positive, and everyone's having a laugh and stuff, and everyone's well up for the the night out and stuff. And so it was a—it was quite a. Quite an interesting, little um, yeah, little uh, people watching spot. And um, you know, we've done, we have done it before. We haven't, we don't just go and just go to other cities and find the, the gay community. And then people watch, we people watched other communities. As well. Yeah, of course, of because, course, because, because everyone does that. You know, you go on holiday. I, I don't know if you do this, mate. I'm sure you do, because you're similar to me. But when you when you're sitting around the pool or, or on the beach or something, and you see like a group, like a, a couple, or you see like a, a family or something, in your head you try and think, yeah well he definitely you know works in the city and she's a bit frustrated that he works away so much and the kids the kids are generally you go to a private school um but they wish dad would spend more time That like you, you create yeah. like a like a sort of what you believe to be their characteristics don't you so, uh, so yeah it's just, uh, yeah it's just a case of that And it was on halloween oh my gosh it was it was a uh, yeah an eventful place to be that's for
3: sure oh wasn't it how was your second date with brian by the way
2: um, really good, actually. You know, he, 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 took, he took me to Romania. <laughs> he saw it hurt me. Is that, that a euphemism? Much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, didn't, he didn't want me missing out on anything. So, you know. <laughs> well,
3: in the context of this conversation, How do you fancy fingering some patrons?
2: Oh, mate, I'm always up for it, especially after the Manchester weekend.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay, let's do it, because um, holding our hands up, I think it has been a little while since we've done this, and we always sort of said that we would do it monthly. I think it's touching a couple of months since we've done the last one. So let's give away some prizes. Um, X, what are the prizes?
2: Well, I'm just trying try to load up the prizes now because I, I, I prepared to um, do this on Monday and obviously we, we did a slightly different podcast then, so I'm now just trying just try to screw through, screw through, God, I've got one thing on the brain, scroll through, <laughs> sc- scroll through um, where where I put the, all right, here we go, got it, right, so the prizes are um, Ginge ging- event. Um, dvd which was obviously the first event we did with him or oh, not dvd sorry like your email a, a video footage of it it's the first event we did with him where we professionally got a camera from memory and it was yeah. just like the first time that he'd really spoken about leaving West Ham and the whole way that he left the club and stuff. So that gets sent to you um, if you're in third place. If you're in second place, you get a £50 club voucher, um, which will be posted to you. And then um, the top prize is a signed shirt by either a current or an ex-player. And I haven't picked which one it is yet, but as soon as i've fingered the winner then um then i will <laughs> um, i will um i will pick the shirt and i'll get that um sent out to them once they've sent their address over so yeah they're the prizes for our um for our what is meant to be monthly prize draw but uh yeah we'll, we'll um we have i guess we have added ticket giveaway for every game yeah. Which, yeah. We ne- which we never promised people before so we've kind of substituted the prizes a little bit like that but it's good to be able to give this um and have
3: a go as well. Well, as a Brucey bonus, should we in one of our books as well?
2: Yeah, let's do that then. So um, what should we do? Who should we do that for? Third, second or first?
3: Uh, I don't know, really. I don't suppose it matters. Um, should we do it as a second prize?
2: Well, so with the 50 Club voucher, maybe let's do it with a signed shirt. So that the top prize oh, okay, is yeah. the top prize. So signed shirt and book
3: yeah okay um, mate yeah so you don't want to do it separately you want to you want to give it as a an added bonus to the main prize yeah
2: yeah i think so yeah i think that's probably the okay. easier way to do it otherwise there's a bit too much fingering for one session yeah
3: yeah true yeah no that's fair enough um right okay so do you have the list in front of you um i
2: have the list of every patron yeah and I'm going okay we're gonna start flicking my finger quickly
3: Okay, so are you are you ready then for me to say stop and Uh, who you land on is who's so the the person you're going to land on. Let's go to from third to first, yeah. So this is for the ginge event footage. That's right. Uh, Okay, always
2: always ready for you to say stop, mate. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
3: Okay. It's gonna do a bit of slow
2: fingering to start with. I think.
3: Okay, there's quite a lot of patrons though. Yeah. So you might have to go a little bit quicker.
2: Well, it's just still going through names. I'm just going for okay. a steady speed. Yeah, well, to be
3: fair, I can't see what you're doing, so yeah, it doesn't really matter, no, does I'm just, it?
2: No, I'm going for a steady speed, not too frantic, okay. nice and slow. <laughs> <laughs> nice so, flick, flick, flick. Your wife is so lucky, mate, honestly. <laughs> it's been years of practice. <coughs> um, so which makes it okay. so horrific. retract that, retract, <laughs> retract that, retract that statement, take that, take that out of final edition.
3: <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yeah. Yeah, I'll slow okay. it down now.
2: Slowing it okay. down. Okay.
3: Tell me when to stop, baby. Okay. <laughs> it's got to be the rapiest comment I've ever heard you say, by the way. Okay. But at least you're asking, to be fair. Yeah,
2: exactly. I'm
3: checking. I love the way that it's acknowledged that at some point she would want you to stop as well. She <laughs> yeah, how much yeah. self-confidence you've got, essentially. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> stop. Okay. right. Well, we got all the way up to um, C in terms of uh, surnames. So that right. was, that's that's sort of the pace I was going at. And uh, <laughs> we ended up at um, John Clark, Clark with an E. So C-L-A-R-K-E, John Clark. Um, and you have um, won the Ginge event. So congratulations to you.
3: Good stuff. So I'll email that over to you, John, and I'll be in touch with your email address. You can have that. Um yeah, good stuff. Okay, ready for the second prize now, which is the £50 Club voucher. Um, I would suggest, X, that maybe you <laughs> you know everything's you euphemism now, isn't it? You start from the bottom up now, maybe, rather than the top to the
2: bottom. You're telling me how to do this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an expert. <laughs> There's never been an unsatisfied customer.
3: Well, I'm I'm just slightly concerned that we might not ever get past E if we go through the same system.
2: No, what I always do, mate, I I know what I'm doing here. I spice it up. Sometimes I go forward. Sometimes I go back. Sometimes I go really quickly. Sometimes I go really slowly. Sometimes I even swirl it around a little bit in a circle.
3: Sounds very intensely stressful getting fingered by you, mate. I'll be honest. But, um whatever works <laughs> mate, for you, listener, I mate, might have judge.
2: Mate, have you ever seen a patient complain of I of a <laughs> No, very true. Uh, exactly. Very true. And a lot of
3: people are asking for it. So exactly. you know who am I? There you go. Um, Proof
2: is in the pudding. Okay. so, so <laughs> <laughs> Proof is in the prodding. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. So you so ready? What, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna flick forward big, <laughs> and then I'm gonna flick back big, forward big. Back being
3: it never right. sounds any more appealing the more you talk about it.
2: <laughs> okay. right, here I go. I'm flicking really hard up.
1: <laughs> now really hard down.
2: Now up, now down, now up, now down, 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 down. <laughs> right, up, down. Up, down, up, down, up, down, 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 up, 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 down, down. Up, down, 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 down,
3: Are you waiting for me to say stop now, by the way, yeah, or of not? Of course, yeah. Oh, you are, right. Okay, 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 right. Okay,
2: stop. Right, I made it up to S. See, I can, I can oh, okay, quite, quite a good range of my flicking. Um, and I've got hmm. up to Steve and uh. He's called Steve Gray, um, if you remove Steve the R, Gray. and it was what we were talking about a little while ago, but it's <laughs> Steve, 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 Steve Gray, and he um, he has won the £50 club voucher. Right.
3: Well done, Steve. Um, good for you, mate. Okay, so now this is for the signed shirt, and what's even better than that is you get a copy of our book as well, which, in my yeah. opinion, is, is worth so much more than the shirt. So um, yeah. someone's going to have it right off here. Okay, are you ready?
2: Yeah. I'm okay. Going, I'm gonna what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna go really <laughs> fast upwards. Really fast though. See how many I can get through.
3: Right. Okay. okay.
2: Right. I'm going. Oh my gosh! It's actually tiring. I don't right. Know if I, of this like when, when I was younger, I'm nearly was there. A little
3: I'm little nearly there, Eric.
2: Yeah. Uh, if I if I was younger, this would be a lot easier. But um, <laughs> I think, I think like, those days are gone. So like, I, I need to play a bit more FIFA to get my my thumb. thumb I was going to say, up. how
3: exhausting is fingering? <laughs> um, like
2: when he put the effort into it that I do, yeah, then, then, it, then it can be very. No, I'm fair not, enough, you mate. You know me, mate. I'm not half-hearted. No, I, no, I throw myself, no. Throw myself full on to any task given. Yeah, yeah you put everything figuring, into it. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking I put everything into it. Literally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> <That's an> interesting <laughs> how technique. Many, how many innuendos is it possible?
3: <laughs> I know. Right. Okay. Let's get this first prize done. Okay. <clears throat> Add to the suspense.
2: Stop. Um, right. Oh, that's quite interesting. Yeah. I just, I just find it interesting to see where I get to in the old um into the old surnames. I made it up to up to um S and the commonly common's most common surname, um Smith. Um but it is Laurie Smith. Spell L O R I Laurie Smith. You are the winner of the signed shirt and the book. So congratulations to you.
3: Fantastic. Good stuff. Brilliant. Well, I hope the patrons are happy with that. Sorry it's been a while since we've done it, but, you know, we're doing it now. And uh, we'll be in touch with you all for your email address and uh, postal addresses. So uh, congratulations to those guys for winning those prizes. OK, let's see what X has to say this week.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.